Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. about the first like parts of the message that that the simple reality is that the context really is about tithing Now you're not going to know that from what I'm saying but I just want you to keep that in the background because we really are we're, we're, we're talking about tithing here and so 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 here's the deal um, as we talk about a given life let's let's climb up to 30,000 feet and look at the big picture you see eternal life is possible through the giving of Jesus it is a possibility because God gives. The scripture says in a scripture that is familiar, but sometimes it's, it's known to the head but far from the heart. For God so loved the world. And again, it's known to the head but far from the heart. God so loving the world, what that really means is you are one of God's favorites. That he loves you more passionately than you've ever been loved on planet earth. That whatever you have loved most on earth pales in comparison to how much Father loves you. And for those of you who are parents, if you've ever held your child um, or remember holding your child the first time, you remember a love that was unconditional and deep. And this child was like billions of others gone before, but this child was not like those. This child is yours. And loving this child and looking in their arms, they can bring no sleep to your life, no income uh, to, your, um, to your, you know, your checking account. But looking into their little eyes, you are filled with hope, um, longing for relationship. You are filled with just unconditional love. God loves you. Has that hit your heart yet? In the midst of your pain and your struggle and, and your loneliness, in the midst of your anger or your bitterness, has it really ever hit your heart, not your head? There really is a God. He loves me in a way that makes everything okay. And I have everything to look forward to. God so loved that He gave. Love gives. And God gave His firstborn, His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, not if the qualified people believe in Him, not if the really good people, not if the worthy people believe in Him, because there are none, but whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. Not be religious, um, you know, not be fake, not be plastic, not be, um, you know, pretending their whole life not to be real, uh, no. But they're going to have eternal life, life that is real. Jesus said in John 10, I came that you might have life. And the life that I came to bring you is not a life that starts when you die. This is a life that starts here and now. I come and live inside of you through my Holy Spirit and, and everything begins to change now. Some of us discount the reality of the change because we don't understand the principle of the seed. We don't understand the reality of growth. And, and we look at beginnings as inauthentic, but that's just wrong. When the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you receive Jesus, um, th there, there is change that begins, like a newborn baby. That newborn baby can't read, can't walk, can't run, can't do calculus, but it's on the way. 
And some of you give yourself so little grace with your beginnings. You, you say, well, I'm not this and I'm not that. Who would want a child looking at themselves and saying those same things? Well, I'm not this and I'm not that. I, just be who you are. If you're one, be one. At two, be two. And, and we're going to enjoy the journey all along the way. So, so, you know, when you believe, you just give God all you, you have, whatever your all is. And so the given life begins with this possibility of, of a, new, a new experience through the giving of Jesus. Jesus wanted to make this really clear in John uh, 10, 18, because he was going to be interacting with people that, in ways that could easily be misunderstood. Um, he was going to be arrested. He was going to have his hands bound. Uh, he was going to be chained to a post and be beaten with a whip that had bits of bone and lead in it. Many died from these, these, um, these beatings. In fact, the reason that Jesus was given 39, as all other prisoners, was that in, in legalism, 40 was considered uh, fatal. 40 was considered lethal. So, so we're just going to give you 39. Oh yeah, thanks for that. And, and when Jesus' hands were bound, it didn't look like he was doing much giving. It looked like he'd be out of control. And, and then when Jesus was, was led with soldiers with sharp spears, um, and, and when the Praetorian guard beat him, doesn't look like he's you know, much in control. When, when he carried his cross, um, uh, guarded by a line of very tough soldiers on either side, and, and when he was uh, laid on the cross and had nails driven through his left and, and right hands and then through his feet, didn't look like he's very much in control. But here's what Jesus wants us to know about the giving of God. No one takes my life from me. No one. Pilate's looking at him and said, don't you know I have the power? Jesus is looking back at him. You ain't got Jack, Jack. See, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, not you. So no one takes my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. I, I give because I choose to. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again when I want to. For this is what my Father has commanded. And so eternal life is a possibility through the giving of God, but the reality is that many of us here are, are living in the knowledge of the possibility of Jesus rather than the experience of Jesus. Billy Graham said that between 50 and 85% of the church, of people who attend church on a Sunday morning, are lost. They do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. They have head knowledge, but not a heart transformation. They, they know about the possibility, but, but it's not a reality in their life. They are not born again. And so I want to share with you this morning that eternal life becomes a reality through the receiving of Jesus. And if Jesus is not real to you, it's because you're stiff-arming God. If Jesus is distant from you, it's because you're unwilling to receive. And receiving is not a one-time thing, just like, uh, you know, a, a baby is not, you know, you, you don't just experience a birth and then walk away, you know, from the hospital. I'm so glad we have a child. Well, where's the kid? I left him at the hospital. No, that's just the beginning, isn't it? And yet so many of us are, 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 we think thoughts like this, well, at one time I prayed a ritual prayer in my life, so I'm good. What? When you are born, you're alive, and you grow. 
And Jesus becomes real uh, when we receive him, not just at the beginning, but every day for all of life, not in being saved over and over and over, but being born again once and then growing in in obedience and in the filling of of the Spirit of God inside of us. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to all, not to the deserving, uh, not to, you know, those who, who haven't messed up in their past, not to those who, who don't have problems, not to the clean, but to anybody who received him, to those who believed in his name, who were willing to dare to believe there really was hope in the world, that there really was a God, that, that the word of God could actually be true, that there could be hope in a broken world. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, not students, not admirers, You're brought into the family. You're home now. You're not visiting when you're with God. You're not not a guest in God's presence. This is home to you. He's Papa. You're his favorite daughter, his, his favorite son. He's proud of you. He'll do anything for you. He's loved you from eternity past. He's taken care of eternity future. And guess what? If those things are true, then he's got time taken care of as well. So you can take a deep breath and relax. You don't have to worry about all the things you're worried about. You don't have to be mad about all the stuff you're mad about. You don't have to be overcome and down and depressed. You don't have to look in the mirror and hate what you see. You can live a new life. Eternal life begins now. Mark 8.35 tells us, though, that this doesn't happen with a kept life. It only happens with a given life. We've we got to give it up. We've got we to receive. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, it's got to be personal. And that's the problem, honestly, with a lot of us here. We've never really gotten personal with Jesus. You know, we're, we're afraid. We do this with each other all the time. Everybody here is insecure. Everybody got that? I like John, the title of John Ortberg's book, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. Ain't none of us normal here, right? And we're so afraid sometimes that if people really know us, they won't like us. Well, in a broken world with sinful people who are twisted in all kinds of different ways, there's truth to that, but not with God. With God, to to be afraid of Him knowing us, to keep Him at a distance is really just kind of silly. It's like the child um, who who does this and says, you can't see me. Have any of y'all ever had a child do that? Scientific survey, how many of you actually had a child who's held their breath until they turned blue to punish you? Okay. But we do these kinds of things with God because because we're just not willing to receive love. We're afraid. We've experienced so much rejection on earth, um, whether from parents or from other powerful people in our life, from coaches, from teachers, from, from whomever, and, and we are so longing for acceptance in our performance and in our, our presentation, in our appearance. Ladies, let me just tell you, you're beautiful not for how you look on the outside, but for how you reflect Jesus. And men, you're strong not by how much you can lift or, or command other people, you're strong by how much you serve Jesus. It's all about receiving. So if Jesus is distant from you, if, if this whole thing is not real, know that it's, it's not reality for you because there's not receiving going on. And if you'll, if you'll just open your heart to receive, it will become real. See, when you have eternal life, 
inside of you, living in you, it overflows from endlessness. I mean, it just does. And again, I think a part of the thing that keeps us from recognizing the work of the indwelling Spirit of God in us is that we have this cartoonish idea of perfection, this cartoonish idea of, of sounding it. Maybe we start talking in King James' English, you know? Um, and, and there's this some unreal idea that when I'm, you know, if I'm really... Um, you know, connected with God, then it's just going to feel different. I'm going to sound, I'm just, it's, everything's going to be like, like, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a robe or something. I don't know. No. No, this is real life in a real and broken world. And eternal life uh, comes to live inside of us. In John 7, 37, this is really, really key. Some of you who aren't experiencing the the energy of God, the power of God, the joy of God, I want you to understand how you can connect to that today and everything can change from here on in. In John 7, 37, the scripture says, on the last day and the greatest day of the feast, this was the, the big gathering, um, you know, in, in the temple. This was, this was the event in Jerusalem where people came from all over the known world to, to worship um, on the way to, to Pentecost. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. So I want you to picture this. You know, Jesus is no mousy, you know, uh, lily white, white guy uh, standing meekly on the edge going, hey, y'all, um, you know, God here. Jesus walks up to the edge of the temple, and in a commanding voice, he shouts, hey, you, all of you people gathered here in the temple, all of you wearing your robes and bringing your offerings, if among you any of you is thirsty, let him come to me. Don't go over there. Don't go to the, to the, uh, to the altar there. You come to me and, and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And then Jesus walked away. John goes on to say, by this he meant the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom, had, whom uh, those who, had not, who believed in him were later to receive. And up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And when I grew up um, and, and when, I, when I finally gave my life to Christ, my home church had a different trinity. It was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. We were deathly afraid of the Holy Spirit. Because in that era, the Holy Spirit was a divisive, uh, you know, thing. How, again, how lessons in missing the point. And people focused on the Holy Spirit in, in, in it basically seemed all kinds of oddness, weirdness. But, but you don't understand what the Holy, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And the Trinity is the triunity. It, it, is, it is a picture of, of being in perfect community. Uh, no competition, um, a mutual blessing. And, and so the Holy Spirit, so that you know, um, is the third person of the Trinity uh, who inspired the Word of God, every word in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Now, whenever the Holy Spirit is present, the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. The Holy Spirit never points to Himself, never draws attention to His own work. Here's how it works. So God uh, gives the Holy Spirit 
so that the Holy Spirit will point to Jesus who can, uh, who can lead us to God, who gives the Holy Spirit, who convicts and reveals about Jesus, and Jesus leads people to God. And that's the way it works. And so Jesus is saying that, that when you believe that, that, that I will come to live inside of you in my spirit, you will get the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, again, don't make it cartoonish. The Holy Spirit is the spirit that, that heals arguments among husbands and wives. Don't make this cartoonish. The Holy Spirit is that voice inside of you that leads you to change your tone with your child. Don't make this silly, and something that it's not. The Holy Spirit is not at 20,000 feet. The Holy Spirit is not two feet away. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, if you believe, guiding and whispering and leading and inspiring and endlessly filling you with all the life of God. A kept life lives from a sinful, self-serving spirit. It's all about me. We are all greedy and self-centered. Look to the person next to you, and don't say this with too much glee, because you may get an arm punch. Bam! But just look to them and say, in all humility, you know you're selfish and self-centered. <laughs> but wait, but wait. Wait, 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 wait. And now look back at him and say, and so am I. Because it, it's true for all of us. It is true for all of us. But in the flow of eternal life, everything changes. And, and in, um, in the Spirit of God, we live from an endlessness that never runs out. Everything on earth ends. And when you live uh, out your own ends, just think about that, literally what that means. It means you're living out your own end, to your own end. And you and I end, but, but everything from Father does not end. The reason why, well, the reason why we have trouble giving it's because we have trouble receiving. And, and a part of, of you know, if, if the churches have run, we're way behind where we should be. We're, we, God is doing something new. We're praying for a revival, a renewal, a, a, a breakthrough season. And, and we're going to pray and pray and pray until it happens. Because we believe that He is the Lord, the God of the universe, and nothing is too hard for Him. But the reality is we're, we're way behind where we should be on our giving. We've been in this building 10 years and it's not even half paid for. Well, I'm sorry, but God can do this. And if his people were obedient and trusted him, it would have been done by now. In fact, it really would have been done several years ago. Here's, here's why we have trouble giving. And this is the way most of us live. You know, we want to give... And, and sometimes we try, but here's how it seems to work out. There's just not much there, you know. We're worried about ourselves, we're worried about our own bank accounts, we're worried about us and me and, and mine, and what about the future and this and that. And, and we wonder why we have so much trouble giving. It's because we're empty. I'm a genius, guys. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Empty, don't make full. 
but full? Oh my gosh, it's easy. And when you are full with living water, you can pour your life out in generosity to everybody around you. Now, the difference between this illustration is that in the kingdom of God, this, this glass that was empty is now full again. And, and it's the picture that was seen with the feeding of the 5,000, the, the few loaves, the baskets that were handed around. Now, I, here's the way that would have worked for me. If I had been one of the disciples, there's 15 to 25,000 people around there. Jesus breaks the bread and the fish and thanks God and he puts it in the basket and gives you the basket. I'm okay walking to the first family. Right, I'm walking up to Michael and I'm, I'm with confidence. Michael, take you a fish. Grab you some bread, you're going to be okay. And then I'm going to look up and go, oh my gosh. I'm going to go to the next and I'm going to go, we, 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 we don't got enough here. We're, God, I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> so let me be thinking of a way to explain you, God. So here you go. And they reach in and they take out. And you look in and there's just some crumbs down there at the bottom. And you go to the next and they reach in and take out. And after about 3,000 people, you're starting to get the picture of how God works. Some of you think that, that you know, you're living in a scarcity mentality in life, and, and that's true with your praise, it's true with your goodness, it's true with your kindness. Some of, you, some of you in your families, you don't even say, I love you together. Stop it. Or, better put, start it. Why be stingy with your praise? I'm not talking about meaninglessness, you know. Well, that was the best insult you've ever given me. Thank you. I'm just saying that when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you after you've received Jesus, you are now living out of the endlessness of God. So you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to, to look at your own life and then live like everybody else does, and that's trying to get all you can from me. No, all God is is now living inside of you, and, and now you can live uh, in obedience, full of the Holy Spirit, flowing out of you, looking for ways to serve the interests of Jesus and others, blessing other people. What this looks like in the, in the book of Acts is, is, is real easy. All the people, the scripture says in Acts 2, had everything in common. They, they ate in one another's homes, they, they shared, they broke bread, and, and, and God did miracles and added to their number daily. That was what God did with a community of people who dared to believe and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you have trouble giving, there's a reason for it. If you've endured this series going, when is it going to be over, you know? If there's something inside of you that wants to give, but, but there's just this, this magnetic resistance when you reach for your wallet, and really that's not even a good example because honestly when you reach for your wallet, you're tipping God. You're not tithing because ain't none of you cares around 10% in your wallet. <laughs> do you? <laughs> you know? You know, you want to do it, but you can't. It's because you're empty. And you're empty because you're resisting the filling of God. You have trouble receiving. I'm not asking for a raising of hands here, but any of you all ever have trouble trusting? <laughs> Are there any of us here that don't have trouble trusting? Don't raise your hands. Is there anybody here who's been hurt by another human being? Well, duh. And having been so wounded in a broken world and hurt by so many people, women having been used by, by guys, lied to, guys having thinking that this woman can, can satisfy me and then you, you find that that's 
a job only God can do. At, at the end of all this broken, all this empty, we learn to protect. We learn to close the doors, shut the windows, and just hang on. And what Jesus is saying is no. Throw open the door of your life. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and have fellowship with them and they with me. Jesus is saying, throw open the door of your heart and receive, just receive. And out of your receiving of the love of the Father through the life of the Son and the power of the Spirit, there will be an endlessness that will change everything. Now, I said in the beginning I was talking about tithing, and the truth is I'm talking about a whole given life and tithing. I, I wonder if God challenged us to tithe um, just to teach us to live from His endlessness instead of our own ends. I wonder if that's why He did this every, every month to teach us to do this because every month it's a reminder I can't live from my own wit and will and ends. I, I need to live trusting the endlessness of God. But in Malachi 3.10, the Scripture tells every believer um, that... Uh, that you are to give the 10% and that you are to trust God. The this, this scripture really, really clearly, it's, it says this. It says, first of all, that we're robbing God by, by keeping what belongs to him. All of life was given by God. All of life belongs to God. To keep it from God is to be a thief. And, and then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, that we may be able to do the, the ministry and the things that we need to do in this broken world for the short time we're on planet earth. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Only scripture in the whole Holy Bible where God says, test me. It's a promise of provision, and I've heard so many stories in the the last few weeks of you, you know, uh, telling, you know, these these stories. Um, I'll I'll tell one of John Wiss' stories without his permission. Um, Pastor John cracked on him, so I'll, I'll build him up a little bit here. Um, you know, in, in their case, they took their car in to, to get it repaired. Big bill, bigger than they imagined. Bigger, you know those bills, you know. I want to come in for one lug nut. That'll be $3,000. <laughs> so it's one of those cases where just a lot. And, and, and their tax returns came in to the dollar for what they needed for the car. Now... In a billion different ways, God will, will fulfill His promise that if we will receive, that we get to live from the endless supply of His grace. If you have trouble giving love, it's because you're having trouble receiving love. If you're having trouble giving approval, it's because you have trouble give, uh, accepting, receiving approval. If you have trouble um, giving uh, kindness, it's because you have trouble receiving kindness. It's all on the receiving end. So for these next few moments, I'm not going to ask you to focus on the giving side, but on the receiving side. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on out. And, and Christians have always struggled with this. That's why Paul said, look, guys, I want you to pray. You, you're, you're Christians and you're believers, but here's what I want you to do. I, I'm praying that you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high is the deep and deep is the love of Christ. And you say, wait a minute, we're Christians because we know how deep the love of Christ is. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. The biggest problem in your life is that you haven't yet grasped how big and enormous and endless Father's love for you is. So I'm praying that in getting this, 
that, that, that in receiving this, everything else will change in your life. That you may know the love that surpasses knowledge. Well, there's a paradox. And that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How big is God? Answer, very. <laughs> I... I I, I, I learn more about, about the stars in the universe and, and I, I love following the things that NASA's discovering. I can't wait till the James Webb, you know, uh, telescope gets up there and we discover even more about God the infinite and what the scripture's saying is that all that is in God the infinite, God wants to pour into you. And you think you can give all that away in 60, 70, 80 years? Uh-uh. So what's keeping you from receiving the good of God in the life of Christ? What, what's keeping you from saying yes to receiving Jesus? And I mean in the wholest, deepest kind of way. And if there really is a God, and He is good, and He's given us all this, how can you and I believe and not live an obedient life of extravagant generosity? Generosity in, in love and grace. Generosity in words. Generosity in our attention, we're not focused on ourselves, we're paying attention to the needs and pain of others, compassion, your pain in my heart. A life that's extravagant generosity uh, in terms of prayer and praying for, looking after the interests of Jesus and others, oh, and, and oh yeah, in finances too, because that's just temporary. And God's promised we can't outgive Him. So guys, I'm just a I'm asking in the name of Jesus that, that you and I would turn the page and live a new life of receiving and all the giving will take care of itself from that point forward. So if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not really, you know, you know the possibilities but, but it's not a reality. If you've never received Jesus, if you're not born again, if the Spirit of God doesn't live inside of you and, and lead your life with a, a commanding grace, and today I'm going to ask you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come to Him and let the streams of water flow from you. Flow from you. And if you're uh, at a place in your life, which, which all of us are, which is a place of need and transition and change and, and problems and challenges, then I want to challenge you not to handle any of those things on your own, but simply in this moment to kneel before the Father and open up your heart to receive from Him all that you need. I heard a man say earlier this week something beautiful about the I am. What the I am means is I am enough for you. I am enough for your past. I am enough for your future. I am enough to forgive you. I am enough to lead you. I am enough to love you more deeply than you've ever imagined. I am enough to take care of, and then you fill in the blank. So I'm praying hard for a new uh, culture of spirit-filled living that is committed in obedience and extravagant in generosity, and I'm asking you to be my answer to prayer. So will you kneel um, and will you just simply receive in these next few moments what it is that you need from the Father? Whatever it is, will you just come and respond with an open-heartedness and, and no longer barring the doors of your life uh, and, and keeping God at a distance? Just be vulnerable, be available, be inviting to the Father because we desperately need Him more than we need our next 
breath. So, I guess before you can kneel, you got to stand. But stand and kneel and receive. Come and fill the altar. If you want somebody to pray for you, there will be people here to pray. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.